大家晚上好，这里是正在为您直播。Welcome to Merrick's Experts, the podcast that provides analysis of current affairs in China. A very warm welcome, also on behalf of the European Climate Foundation. As the chair of its board and as a member of the Merrick's advisory board, I could not be more delighted. These two organizations have joined forces with the Mercator Research Institute on Global Commons and Climate Change to organize today's conference. I say this also against my background of almost four decades of work on China and the environment. It always makes sense to join forces, but the current times are particularly calling for partnerships. This is as true for our work as it is at the level of world politics. A central message from the G20 convening next week must be that international relations is not a zero-sum game. The U.S. president's withdrawal from the Paris Climate Agreement. Will not be in effect until November 2020, because of the way the accord is designed. But the U.S. administration's engagements for the objectives set in Paris ends right away. Not only internationally, but also domestically, the U.S. seems to be turning away from the new climate economy paradigm we all learned must be the basis of our global action. While the lack of commitment on the part of the U.S. is a disgrace, the positioning of others in support of the Paris deal is more than encouraging, and shows how far progressed the low-carbon transition is. U.S. states such as California, companies as diverse as Apple, General Electric, and Goldman Sachs, even Exxon, as well as national governments and cities from across the world, emphasized they were going to continue. Supporting the transition, many business leaders say the U.S. president has handed the advantage in the key field of renewable energy to rivals in China and Europe. Indeed, I am pleased China perceives the transition to a low-carbon society as an opportunity to tap into new markets. According to the think tank IFA, last year alone. Chinese companies invested over 32 billion dollars in renewables abroad. The billion-dollar deals included acquisitions of the EEW Group in the German state of Lower Saxony by Beijing Enterprises, and the takeover of the North Sea wind farm Meerwind by China Three Gorges. In Europe, almost 90 percent of new power came from renewable sources in 2016. While coal is in structural decline, alongside European partners, Germany has assumed global leadership in the low-carbon transition. The Renewables 2016 Global Status Report ranks Germany second, only beaten by Denmark in per capita, and third after China and the U.S. in terms of absolute installed renewable energy capacity. The low-carbon transition. Offers immense opportunities. Renewables power is increasingly cost-competitive. While global investment in clean energy declined last year, total capacity installed did not. A record 
GW of, of, of solar alone were added in 2016. Public policy is key to accelerating change. As we are building a sustainable, low-carbon future, we need the support of credible, transparent, and lasting frameworks. A price on carbon is an essential element of inclusive and low-carbon growth. Both China and the European Union have recognized that. While China is yet to scale its own system across the country based on experiences from emissions trading pilots in seven provinces, the EU urgently needs more ambition as far as reform of the emissions trading scheme is concerned. I am convinced it makes sense to think through all options, including carbon taxing. Certainly, finance ministries in China and Germany and elsewhere have increasingly been developing ideas how to better price carbon, and more specifically lately, how to ensure transition risks are being taken into account to ensure, ensure stability of the financial system. There is the risk of the widespread rapid stranding of assets if the transition is not managed in a far-sighted manner. Back in 2016, China used its presidency of the G20 to put climate-related financial risks and opportunities high on the agenda of the world's 20 largest industrial and emerging countries by establishing the Green Finance Study Group. In addition, a business-led task force developed recommendations on behalf of the G20 under the guidance of the Financial Stability Board to make company reporting on climate risk more transparent, the Task Force on Climate-Related Financial Disclosure, or TCFD for short. Members of the task force include, for example, the Industrial and Commercial Bank of China and Daimler in Germany. The final recommendations of this task force were published yesterday. Improved risk understanding is vital, and the importance of this being understood, endorsed, and promoted by the G20 cannot be overstated. Therefore, a coalition of 27 CEOs from 15 countries, including Europe, China, the US, India, and Japan, convened by the World Economic Forum, representing $4.9 trillion in assets and $70 billion in revenue, signed a joint statement in support of the recommendations. The German G20 presidency is picking up where China left off. We urgently need clarity concerning next steps on the way forwards towards mandatory climate risk disclosure in corporate balance sheets. The way forward would be to establish a climate risk platform, probably within the Financial Stability Board, as a forum to bring together private sector expertise on carbon risk analysis with regulators and policymakers across the G20 membership. Both China and Germany should collaborate to make sure the G20 summit next week is a success to ensure a smooth transition to a sustainable financial and economic system in spite of present centrifugal forces. Certainly, economic relations between the two countries have not always been easy. Examples are the debate around a quota for electric cars in China 
and European punitive tariffs on Chinese photovoltaic modules. At a recent EU-China summit in Brussels, divergent views on trade and steel production prevented a joint statement on climate. But partnerships are never easy, though. Experience tells us multi-layered networks of collaboration help. An important recent example is the rise of California to a partner in international relations. The US state has joined forces with both Germany and China to tackle climate change. California is a member of the new United States Climate Alliance, which was formed in response to the US administration's withdrawal from Paris. US states, accounting for more than a third of national gross domestic product, have pledged to meet the country's commitments for cutting greenhouse gas emissions in the Paris Climate Agreement. Equally important, the mayors of 187 US cities including New York, Los Angeles, Houston, and Phoenix, have agreed commitment to uphold the Paris objectives. Since multi-level efforts are essential for continuity, the new CEO of the European Climate Foundation, Laurence Tubiana, has helped set up the 2050 Pathways platform. Cities, regions, states, and countries are engaging in collective problem-solving and the development of long-term deep decarbonization strategies. I think this initiative is a reminder that it requires partnerships and action from all of us to make sure we keep global warming well below two degrees. The low carbon transition is underway, but it urgently will need to pick up speed. Let me end my remarks with three calls for action. First, carbon pricing. Public policy is key to accelerating change. As we are building a sustainable, low-carbon future, we need the support of credible, transparent, and lasting frameworks. A price on carbon is a necessary condition for inclusive, low-carbon growth. Different options should be discussed, including carbon taxing. Germany and China should ensure they assume leadership in this regard. Second, financial disclosure. The German-Chinese tandem should help to lend new momentum to international climate protection. In the scope of its G20 presidency, the German government must now strive to consolidate the bilateral relationship and together with China lobby for greater multilateral cooperation to ensure the G20 welcomes the recommendations of the Task Force on Climate-Related Financial Disclosures and takes next steps on the road to mandatory disclosure some years from now. Should there be assistance, resistance from the US, as I expect, to these recommendations, Germany, with its European partners, especially now also France, and China should push ahead to implement regardless. Third, multi-stakeholders. Diverse stakeholders and action across governance levels are fundamental, are fundamental to a smooth and just low-carbon transition. This is true in China, Europe, the US, and elsewhere. Chinese and German leadership should foster multi-stakeholder alliances across borders, among cities, regions, and companies to strengthen stability of global climate diplomacy. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Merrick's Experts, the podcast from the Makato Institute for China Studies in Berlin. If you want to learn more about our work, 
please visit us at merricks.org.